scripture memory verse tonight, Ephesians 6, 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, Ephesians 6, 11. Anybody else? Ephesians 6, 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, Ephesians 6, 11. Good job, Ray. Anybody else? You got no voice? You can try it. If I find it, I'll read it. Good job, but why are you whispering? You gonna beat me up? I like your shirt, Pastor Greg. Bless from the head to my toes. Tomatoes. Tomatoes. That's crazy. <laughs> you wanna read it? I caught it. 611. 611, yes, sir. By 60, I'll find it. I'll find it, I'll read it. By 60, I'll find it's it. It's after Galatians. I did, God. I found it. I found it, Greg. Okay. Six eleven. That's right. Yes. So we started a little. I mean, it's my, probably like a series in our memory verse where we're going through this. And really, you know, it is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, which is modern day Turkey, which is about ninety nine percent Muslim now, um, and he he talks about many things. Our Riches in Christ, the mystery of Christ. But then he begins to talk about walking in wisdom, walking circumspectly in chapter 5. And he talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit and what this walk looks like that we would have. That it's led by the Spirit. And then we come underneath the authority of each other, he says, submit to one another in the fear of God. And then he talks about how wives are submit to husbands. Or excuse me. Then he talks about how... Yeah, wives are supposed to submit to husbands. Husbands love the Lord. Then he talks about, um, quickly, I'm trying to do this quickly. Um, children obeying their parents, bond servants their masters. You know, and he moves on to these things. And then he says, finally. Listen, I'm just going to read it all because I made it a point that I was going to read all of this every time. But notice he says, finally. He doesn't say, oh, yeah, and by the way. He doesn't say, oh, and before I forget. He's saying finally. And I think that's, a, you know, this would be a circular letter that was passed to churches. And people would read it. And think about what would stand out in your mind. If you've read all the rest of it and you get to the very end. And then he says, finally. That's going to be on your mind while you're reading, while you're thinking about it. You're going, wow, Paul wrote us. And this is what... It doesn't mean that it's least of all. This might be the most important thing that you ever do because the armor of God, which we are commanded to put on, is the nature of Christ. It's the person of Christ. It's everything about Christ. And it's really the sanctification process of how we're being clothed in Christ. And he says this, Finally, my brethren, 610, 
Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So finally, he's closing out the letter. He's talked with them of many things, and he says, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Now, we've covered that. It has to be all done according to the Lord. It's his power, his might. Not by uh, 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 spirit, or excuse me, not by power, by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Put on. Now, this is, has a put on has a permanence to it, but it's like taking off the old nature and putting on the new nature. It's put, taking off dirty clothes. Like I just got home from work earlier and I had a chance because I got home a little early. And I took off my dirty clothes and I put on clean clothes. But it has a permanency to it where this is always on. It's not something that you put on and you take it off. Put on, take it off. Now, the armor would always be kept on because what we have here is a picture really of Roman soldiers that are everywhere as Paul would write to them. Soldiers are on every corner. They're under captivity. And a soldier didn't take off his armor. Now he might lay his helmet right beside his bed. He might lay his sword right beside his bed. But everything else he would keep on. And he was ready to take up the sword and, and the helmet of salvation and get it back on and get out to battle at any time. He knew what was going on. But it has a permanency to it where you're putting it on and you're shining it and you're making sure that it is that it's functioning properly. So you put on the whole armor of God. A couple of things you can notice about that. It's God's armor. You can't put on the world's armor. You can't put on somebody else's armor. You can't come up with some other idea to fight and stand against the wiles of the devil. Because, the, see, we always say uh, 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 the devil is mighty, but God is almighty. And see, there's nothing else you can do except go to God in order to defeat the devil. And that's been done in the blood of Jesus when we come to the cross at Calvary. And notice it's the whole armor of God. It's not some of the armor of God. It's not, it's not like, I'm just going to do some of the stuff God wants me to do, and I think he'll be satisfied, and, and I'll be able to stand against the devil. But it's the whole armor. And we're going to later, in 14 through uh, 18, enumerate the armor. 
It's going to be outlined. It's going to tell you what it is, what it's about, what it's to do. And make note that in this verse, verse 11, and then again, verse 16, and both of them reminds us that it's a choice. And this one, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Notice it says may be able to stand. You can still choose not to stand. You can be putting on the armor of God and just choose not to stand. And then take up the shield of faith wherewith you will be able to stand. It's still a choice, I believe, that, that if you put it, take up the shield of faith, you'll be able to stand, but you, or excuse me, be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, but you can still choose not to. But you are capable of being uh, uh, more than a conqueror, overwhelmingly more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. So he says, put on the whole armor of God. All the armor of God, not some of it. Whole armor in the Greek is one word, but it comes from two different words. In the Greek, it's one word, but its root comes from two different words. Uh, it means... Um, a word that means thoroughly and whosoever. You know, in John 3, 16, where it says whosoever, for God so loved his only son that whosoever shall believe in him. That's one of the words. And the other one is from an implement or a utensil, a tool, a weapon for war. When they combine those two, you get whole armor is what they get. And, of course, the armor is to protect you. It's from God. It's of God. Uh, and you have to come to God. Uh, to get it. It's not the armor of the world. And I'm always reminded when we talk about the armor of the world is that of 1 Samuel 17, and you can look there with me. If you remember the battle, is it 1 Samuel 17? I thought I marked it. Did I mark it? I think it's 1 Samuel 17. The the uh, testimony of David and Goliath. David and Goliath. If you remember that the Philistines sent out a champion who was Goliath. And nobody for Israel would go out and fight. Not the king, not the soldiers, not Jonathan. Nobody. But here comes David down to see how the war is going. Young ruddy ahead boy, 16 probably. And he said, I'll fight him, that uncircumcised Philistines that, that comes out against the armies of the living God, the God of Israel. But look what happened when he decided he would fight him. And the king said, said bring that boy here. And look at 1738, what happened. And Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. Listen, listen. The government, the world, other people want you to put on their armor. Listen, this is the king of Israel. He wants David to put on his armor to fight a giant. Notice he puts a helmet of bronze on him. Bronze and brass is always judgment. God gives us a helmet of salvation, which is in silver, which is redemption. Silver is redemption. And he's, he, he has redeemed us. 
He wants us to put his armor on. You can't just put the world's armor on. You can't put the king's armor on. You can't go out in the name of some earthly person. But you can go out and stand in the victory of Christ, of the cross of Calvary, in the blood, because he has won the victory in his blood. And we fight from victory, not for victory. That's why we're standing. And we put on the armor of God because it's that armor that is Christ, the person of Christ. And we're being sanctified. The Holy Spirit is conforming us into the image of the living God, making us more like his son, the suffering servant. And as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the children of God. So we want to put on the armor of God and not the armor of the world. We don't, I mean, some people will think that they can stand in their intellect. They'll stand in their bank account. They can stand in their own power. And I've got this one, God. You don't need to help me. I'll do this this way. It has to be God's way. It has to be the armor of God, what he has given us to protect us. And he has given us his son, Jesus Christ, his person. And the name above all names. There's no other name on heaven and earth by which men can be saved. And in that name is power. In that name is might. In that name is our salvation. And in that name is our armor. Putting on other armor. But notice this. David said, David fastened his sword, verse 1739, to his armor and tried to walk. Walk is always in how you're living. For he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Listen to me. We are supposed to take off the armor of the world. Take off the lies of the wicked one. Take off what we used to walk in and put on the armor of God. It's been tested. It's been approved. How do we know it? The resurrection. The resurrection says the armor of God, the person of Christ, the blood of Jesus has been tested to tell us die. It is finished. It's been approved. God received it. And now we can put on every bit of Christ and we find our identity in that and we can stand in that victory. The whole armor of God is the person of Jesus Christ. And when he went out, he went out to the valley there. David did, who is a type of Christ. He went into the valley. He went down into the valley of the shadow of death. Where certain death was at with a nine foot enemy there that would kill anybody that come down. And when he went down there with the armor of God, trusted in, he said, you come at me with sword and spear. But I come at you in the name of the God of Israel. The name is the character, the nature, the authority. And he threw that stone, and the giant fell down, and he took his own sword and cut his head off. And then everybody got to chase the enemy and enjoy the inheritance from that one man who put on the armor of God and trusted God and walked by faith. And that's why you and I have to take off the bronze armor judgment. There's no more condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If we walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh, Romans 8, 1 and 2. And we put on the whole armor of God, not part of it. Begin to search it out. Begin to seek it out. Allow the Holy Spirit to conform you to the image of Christ. 
to, to clothe you in the armor of God, the person, the nature, the character. Why? That you may be able to stand. It will give you the ability to stand in danger, to stand against the enemy, to stand when others flee, when others cringe, when others are in fear. You will be able to stand. Histomai is that in Greek. Stand is histomai. Oh, I, I didn't tell you though. The able, the ability is dunamai. It's, it's related to dunamis, which is the miraculous power that we know from Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's a, a miraculous ability. That's the ability that you have if you put on the whole armor of God. There's the ability that you have, we'll see in 16, when you take up the shield of faith. You have an ability to quench the fiery darts. It's dunamai. It means to be possible or able, and it means to be of power, that you can stand histomai. Now, I want you to remember this word because it's a very important word. Stand means to abide, continue, and remain. We're supposed to stand, and after we've done everything we can do, keep standing. That's our position in Christ. We're standing in his victory, standing in his name, standing for his kingdom. We're standing and proclaiming what he has done. It's a, the word histomai means to, to remain, but it means to covenant, and it means to establish. So we're continue abiding and remaining in Christ, putting on the armor of God, because we're in a covenant, and it continues to establish us. It continues to help us. See, again, you know, you've heard it many times from me, from others, that if you're trying to row upstream in a boat and you pull up the oar, you'll go backward twice as fast as you're going forward. It is hard to, to row upstream. And in this life, it's sometimes like we are fighting against the current of evil, but we're standing with Christ. It's not us that they're against. It's Christ that they're against. I had someone say to me today, he said, because I was talking about the craziness going on, he's like, why, why are they so mad at Christians? And I was telling him, it's Christians they're coming after. We stand and shine a light. We stand for Christ. We stand for morality. And, and we're in the face of their immorality. And I'm going to talk about this in our lesson in a little bit. And he says, why? What have we ever done for them except love them and pray for them and tell them the truth? And I said, it's because they hate Jesus. It's not us. It's Jesus they hate. They hated him. They'll hate us. But it's because we stand for him. When we put on the whole armor of God so that we're able to stand, not shrink back, not run away, but stand, be established, and know where our help comes from, where our strength comes from. What are we standing against? Against is a, a preposition for direction. It's the word pros, P-R-O-S. Uh, it means toward, and it's pertaining to the wiles of the devil. Wiles is methodia. It's where we get our word methods. His methods. His methods are the same. They never change their lies. He fights with lies. He constantly wants to divide and run diversions. I mean, 
he's a he, he it's his methods that he oh here's what it means it means trickery it means to lie in wait to travel over listen we're going to go on and see that that the battle is not flesh and blood that's next week's verse and i'm going to remind you in this little series that our battle is not our spouse our battle is not our boss the one, that, the one that we're fighting again is not Black Lives Matter or the KKK or Antifa in the street. It's not the Democrats or the Republicans. It's not flesh and blood. It's just principalities and powers of the air, a spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. It's demons, and, and they're the power behind it. And, and, and it's who is your authority. It's whose name you're standing for. It's who are you putting on. Are you putting on the armor of the world and allowing the devil to use you to attack others? Or are you putting on the armor of God and allowing God to use you to tell others, to be a witness to others, to give testimony to the glory of God so that they can call, be called out of darkness into his marvelous light and then they can proclaim the praises of God also. So it's not flesh and blood. Oh, it looks like it, and you'll see them, and they're really burning down places, and they're really attacking you, and it's really like they keep saying that to you, and it's a flesh and blood person, but it's the spiritual host of wickedness behind that 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 person's listening to. His worldview, the lies that he's telling or believing and then telling. And that's why it's so important that we understand that the number one way the devil is methods is to lie to you. And if you don't know the truth, you believe the lie. It's wrapped in some really good uh, 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 oratory skills or it's wrapped in some really good, well, everybody knows, and they say things that make you feel like you're stupid if you don't listen to the lie. Like everybody knows and believes in systemic racism. Well, listen, there's one race, the human race. And, and, and a country that elects a black president twice is not racist. A country that's now even allowing a woman who claims to be black, she's not black, to run for a, a presidency or the vice presidency is not racist. A country that pays rap stars that cuss and talk about women and, and, and the way that they do, and they pay them millions of dollars, they can make $30, $40 million a year with music is not racist. You can't do that. If you're black and you're doing that, then it obviously goes to show that we're not a racist country. Or we would not allow you to make 30 or 40 million. We would not allow you to be the most famous Hollywood star making movies and making millions of dollars if we were racist. Has there been racism in America? There's yeah. always racist. There's always stupid people. But I, all I can see in America is that every time we see something that actually puts some person in a lesser light, we begin to get rid of it. We don't cancel everybody. We don't get rid of the Constitution and the things that made us free. 
We don't get rid of God. See, the thing they're trying to cancel most right now, and people don't even get it, and it's a spiritual battle because the devil's doing it, they're trying to cancel church. They're trying to cancel Christians. They're trying to cancel anybody that will say something that doesn't follow their narrative. Doesn't matter. They scream, evidence, evidence, follow the evidence. COVID is real, follow the evidence. And then we give them evidence that there's only boys and girls, and they go, wait a minute, wait a minute. We don't like that. And they don't want to follow that evidence. I mean, there's so much that it's just a narrative of lies that the devil puts out there. And it's so that they can follow their immoral lives, that they can get power. See, we get power and might through standing and trusting God, through coming underneath his authority, and they're coming underneath the father of all lies authority and think that they're going to have power and might to rule on the earth. But really, they're being used like pawns as useful idiots by the devil. Because the devil wants everybody to serve him. Listen to me. We have to put on the armor of God. How do we put it on? By getting into the word. Learning truth helps you recognize the lie. To getting into prayer. Spending time with God in prayer. Corporately and by yourself. Alone in secret. Talking to God. So he can reward you in open. For the things you talk to him about in secret. So that you can get alone and hear his still small voice fellowship with other believers so you can be held accountable confess your sin this is how we put on the armor of god because we're learning the truth of god and we're 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 coming to know the character of god and understanding the kingdom of god and going out and proclaiming it to others and walking it out we're putting it on so we can stand for morality We can stand for godliness. We can stand in the gap for those that are tottering for the slaughter. That's what we're called to do as Christians. The problem is, is that the Christian church has walked away from the word of God. They've walked out into the world and they're living like the world. And we ignore the word of God. And we've come up with this new evangelicism. We've come up with a new way of living church, which leaves out the gospel. So many churches are even teaching socialism and and psychology, and they want to reform people and make their flesh better. Nothing good dwells in the flesh if we know the word of God. The only good flesh is dead flesh. When we die to self and take up our cross and follow Jesus That's when we're putting on the armor of God. That's when we're being conformed and washed and cleansed with the washing of the water through the word of God. But what do we want to do? We want to throw the word out and we want to bring in cultural relativism. We want to throw the word out and say, this is the way it should be. But the people are telling us to throw the word out are the ones that are saying no to God. Because they know if they get rid of truth, then you can fall for anything. But this is a solid foundation worthy to stand upon. So read the word of God systematically. Study it systematically. 
Find out what you believe and find out what you don't believe. Don't listen to the talking heads and to the world because that's putting on the armor of the world. Put on the armor of God and listen to what his spirit would teach you as a child of God. Listen to what his spirit would clearly reveal to you and learn what truth is. Will you make mistakes? Yes. But you have to desire the pure milk of the word and begin to grow and begin to, to, to go and to put on this armor and stand and tell others about the armor of God. So I pray that you uh, begin to do that. Get a schedule of some type and read the word of God and begin to obey the word of God. Now next week is uh, 612. It's a little longer, a little more intense. We might even spend the whole study just on it next week. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against a spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. This is a lot. Try to memorize it. Write it down, carry it around with you, meditate on it. If you have a Strong's, look up some of the words that are in that context and find out what God would say to you. But we must begin to put on the armor of God so that we can stand. Abide, continue, and remain is how we grow and how we go. Amen.